0: When I get to officiate a wedding, oftentimes remark during the time of the homily that that's a moment, kind of a precious moment, in a sense to kind of reflect, reflect on what had brought the particular bride and groom to this particular time, this particular place, to say yes to God in front of their family and friends. Gives everyone a chance to kind of realize what got them to this moment in time. And I'd argue that's kind of the same for every homily that provides hopefully a moment for all of us, after hearing God's word proclaimed, to reflect why we're here, to think where we're going and how we're supposed to get there. For me, it also brings to mind some memories as a child. I used to grow up and I love reading The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien, and there's always a powerful moment in those books early on. This small little hobbit is being presented with the fact that great evil has returned to the world. And he asks, I think, a very appropriate question, especially for these times. Why did he have to be born in a time of great evil and conflict? I love how J.R.R. Tolkien, who is a devout, devout Catholic, writes about it. Frodo says, I wish it need not have happened in my time. And what Gandalf the Grey, his mentor, says, so do I, and so do all who live to see such times. But that, that is not for them to decide All we have to decide is what to do with the time that's given to us. What do we decide to do with the time given to us? That's something we get to answer, not just here in Mass, but literally every day of our lives. What to do. I hope and pray that truly it is to hear and listen and grow closer to Jesus Christ and his church. Or not. And hopefully in that process, reconcile those two actions and decisions to the best of your ability and ours as well that that is what we're called to do every day of our lives. And that's what Jesus Christ is talking to all of us today. And he can't be any clearer about what it means to be a religious person and also what to do with our time. And if you notice, the first thing he says to the people is he calls them. He calls to them and says, Hear and understand, to come to me. That no more formula can be more effective in that if we want to hear the truth, we have to come to Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and life. He has the answers, and we always have to go to them for that truth. Nothing else can ever suffice. In a sense, that is how we are supposed to live in response to his questions and hopefully his answers as well. And whether our times are good or bad, he is truly the one here to help us to make that next step in our journey of faith and our journey in this world. I'm not here to argue that sometimes it can be very confusing. Sometimes it seems to get a little murky at times. How to make good decisions? What does it mean to be truly religious? How is it to truly practice real, authentic worship? And these are the same questions that Jesus and his people faced in their time as well. The Pharisees, the priests of Jesus' time, were oftentimes making it quite confusing on how to truly serve God, how to live out the Torah, the law, which traditions mattered these big or small ones, and it could be very, very challenging. This is why Jesus's clarity in the Gospel of Mark is so important. He always tries to get to the heart of the things, oftentimes by going through the mouth, so to speak, by recognizing the human nature and the divine nature that we have to struggle with. And what Jesus says, as one scripture scholar notes, is that what defiles a man is what he himself produces. So what defiles us is what we produce and what comes out of him in the forms of words and actions, these are the living spiritual children of his freedom of will. What a beautiful concept that what we say and do, in a sense, become our spiritual children that do, hopefully, good things, but occasionally, yes, also great evil. That is the heart of real, authentic worship. What we do today with our prayers, with our singing, with our reflections, what we do when we come face to face with Jesus Christ, how we consume him, whether physically or spiritually, That's up to us. As we've seen these past few weeks, we don't necessarily exist on just an individual level. What I do here individually does have an impact for the whole world. What we do and how we leave Mass and what we do in the days to come have real significant consequences in our individual lives, our family lives, here in our church, and I would say, in fact, in the world the actions of our spiritual children have a real impact and have real impact in the lives of others, and that's a good thing. But we also have to recognize at times, too, when that doesn't always happen. I've been spending a lot of time looking at some of the Vatican II documents written in the 1960s. In particular, the great document, Gaudium et Spes, which means joy and hope. It seems kind of a weird thing to read, maybe, in these times, but to find joy and hope in what we get to face. In that document, it states so clearly that the split between faith, which we profess, and our daily lives has to be counted among the most difficult things we face. That how we live our lives, what we profess, and how we try to unite those is what we all face. And we all struggle with that, myself included. How can I be a better believer? How can I truly go to Jesus Christ with all my concerns? How do I try to share the faith in difficult times, in good times, that's something we all face together. And we've seen in the past few weeks that, even from leaders from the church, that sometimes there has been a definite lacking in response. That's why I'm always, always enheartened. And typically, when people are leaving uh, at Mass, I say different things. Sometimes I might poke fun at different things, but I'll also say sometimes, thank you for being here. I mean that quite seriously. And if I can't say that enough, thank you for being here this Labor Day weekend. There are many other places you could be at and doing, but to take time to commune with God, with his church, and also with each other says a lot about what we're trying to do in our decision-making, to say that, indeed, these things matter. We may not have always all the right answers, but we know someone who does. And Seeking him and finding him in our prayer and our readings, especially face-to-face with him in the Holy Eucharist, that's what draws us here. In a sense, we're all doing what we just heard in that letter of St. James. We're humbly welcoming the Word. We're welcoming the Word that has been planted in us and is able to save all of our souls. That what we received in our baptisms, what we received through the gifts here in this church, is truly feeding our souls. And just as a side note, just as a reminder that those who want to continue to grow in this ability, we do have the CHIRP slash welcome retreats coming up quite soon the women that's coming up this next weekend for the men in two weeks. It's a great opportunity to truly grow, to expand your soul, and not just by yourself, but with your family and friends. Some of the people I've met on CHIRP are still my dear friends and still impact me to this very moment. That's what we're looking for when we're trying to grow and seek God, to make the best of the time given to us to make that next good decision. We always have a great opportunity to reflect where we are in our faith lives and ultimately where we want to go. Chirp Welcome is a definite way to do that, along with the prayer and sacrifices that draw us here this night. So my brothers and sisters, I hope we can continue to welcome the words of Jesus Christ into our souls, that we in this our time of need continue to make good choices with the time that has been given to us. As we receive Jesus Christ physically and spiritually today, we have this great opportunity to truly be transformed, to receive real peace, real joy, and real hope. That if we, And as we depart this Mass this night, we have an opportunity to announce the gospel of love. We also have this great opportunity to glorify the Lord by our choices, by our decisions, by our own lives of faith, to truly say indeed that God is among us. God is trying to live us with us, to encourage us, to do his will to the best of our abilities. Let's continue to be inspired by Jesus Christ to seek his truth and to live it out to the best of our ability. Amen.